Hey everyone, this podcast is part of Story Mode, the podcast network of Gamefully Unemployed. You can support us and gain access to other great exclusive podcasts at patreon.com slash gamefullyunemployed. That's patreon.com slash g-a-m-e-f-u-l-l-y unemployed, which is spelled like it sounds. Duology Theater was made possible by producer Nolan Matten. Thank you, Nolan. It was also made possible by contributions from listeners like you. Hi, everyone. Hello, every people. Welcome to Duology Theater. Yes. Welcome. Yeah. Uh, I am one of your hosts, David Bell. I am a second of your hosts, Tom Ryman. Yeah, if you've been keeping up, uh, this is a this is a series, a limited podcast series, where we look at famous duologies of films, mm-hmm. films with only one other sequel, and we talk about a new one every month. Indeed we do. This is that's accurate. Yeah, that is accurate. Thank you. Thank you, Tom. Mm-hmm. This is July, and for the month of July, we chose the Tron series. We did. Uh, earlier this month, we covered Tron. You can go back and listen to that. And uh, today, we're covering the sequel, Tron Legacy. Mm-hmm. The 2010 film, Tron Legacy. I was going to say smash hit, but that is not accurate. It, uh, <laughs> Yeah, it didn't do good, right? I mean... It made four hundred million on a budget of one hundred and seventy, so it didn't do bad, but it probably did not perform what they wanted it to. It did good in in my in my heart. This is sure. uh, director Joseph uh, Kaczynski, mm-hmm. who uh, had done Oblivion, uh, or is going was going to. I forget if Boliv- Oblivion is before or after this. Mm-hmm. He is now doing Top Gun. He is, yeah. Uh, the movie that should have been out by now. Something that is clear in both Oblivion and this movie is the fact that uh, he was an architect before he was a director. Yeah, that, that checks out. Yeah. he. Uh, this is also produced by the original uh, director mm-hmm. of Tron. Uh, what's his name? Steven Lisberger. Mm-hmm. Uh, he also has a writing credit on this. Uh, it's got it's got uh, it's got Jeff Bridges back as Kevin sure does, Flynn as Kevin Flynn. It's got Olivia Wilde. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's got some guy. Yeah, some as Sam Flynn. fucking dude. I don't know who the Garrett Headland. Sure, sure. Okay, I mean I'm sure he's a fine actor. I just don't, I didn't recognize him from anything but this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, Tom, you you know. My thoughts on Tron. Yes. Uh, you hadn't yeah. watched... You've been, you've been trying to get me to watch this movie for like six years now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs> I enjoy the first one. I think this sequel is better. Uh, what, what are your thoughts on um, Tron Legacy for your first time ever watching? Um, I enjoyed it fine. Um, sure. I'll take it. I I have a similar problem that I did with the first film where the world just doesn't make sense to me. Well, as a, (laughs) as a computer, as a computer, um, 
I, can, I might be able to fill in a little bit of the gaps, uh, but you have to sort of, because the first Tron, the stakes are so low. Yeah. It's literally Flynn has to print out a document. Yes. Uh, this one, they, they knew to make the stakes higher. Uh, yeah, comically so. Yes. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, he's going to invade Earth with a bunch of programs. But it's like, I just, the, the idea of this universe, it just doesn't, it never, has never clicked for me. Like, the idea that, oh, they're all programs, but they just kind of walk around and act like normal people. Like, they're all in a nightclub. Clearly, yeah. clearly trying to, clearly trying to fuck. Well, that's, um, that's the, that's the thing that you have to like, kind of let go of. And the first movie, it's worse, I'd say, because when this movie was wa- made, there's like video games and second life and like the idea that there can be running like a simulation of a world in a computer doesn't seem as weird. Uh, especially since this is, he goes into a specific server that's supposed to be doing that. Uh, like yeah. the first Tron, he like discovers it. Yeah. Yes. But why? Like, right. why? Well, why the, any the, of this? That's it's reverse matrix because the implication of the first movie is so bizarre because mm-hmm. it's basically the implication is that office computers. Like, yeah, this is what's going on inside every computer. And it's like, why? Uh, why are the why did the games still exist like i don't mm-hmm. understand what the games have to do with anything clue is trying to do you could um, argue that um well i know why clue did the games specifically it i mean it's supposed to be like a dystopian society where they use the games to like keep the masses uh occupied uh but it you could argue that well why doesn't he just brainwash everybody because he can't, um, he can rewrite programs. Yes, they do say that. Mm-hmm. So why doesn't he just do that to everybody? I like the the fact that he has he rounds people up and decides whether to send them to the games or to rectification doesn't make sense to me. Like no, right. you would, he would just this character who's trying to build a perfect world, he would just send everybody to rectification. <laughs> right, and the, to build his army. Mm-hmm. I I assume what's going on is that. The way they're judging is if a bro- a program is, like, broken, they just send it to the games to be destroyed. It's a destruction program. Uh, the games... Yes, like, there's no yes, winning but, the games. Yes, but why? I don't know. <laughs> like, it's... Oh, uh, oh okay. Well, uh, all right. Here's here's my best... I mean, I'm going to start by saying, yeah, you're you're probably right here. But if I were to, if I were to try to justify it, it's that they're all programmed imperfectly. I mean, they touch on that with Clue, uh, is that he was programmed to be modeled after Flynn. He represents Flynn's younger, flawed self because he was programmed by Flynn's younger, flawed self. self. And I think the idea with the games is that, like in the first Tron, the computers just happen to have those games because Flynn invented them and they're embedded in the system. If... You could argue that maybe like the the first computer in Tron is special because the master control program like created this this world. So like not every office computer has this. It's just this company. Mm-hmm. Um, but because it was created, I think with the games embedded within it, the, it's part of them. So they don't know like they're imperfect creatures. They're not. They don't think like us. So everything is run through the games because it's just, it's part of the world that they were programmed into. 
that would be my argument for the games is that it's because like if this if this these pro if these worlds existed in every computer they'd all be vastly different based on the information that had originally been put in them uh but the idea of this specific world uh if you watch behind the scenes which i did because i own the blu-ray sure uh it, it, they talk about it as a uh, like this is a an, a land that has been left to evolve on its own is part of it too. So it's it has like this original programming which the games were involved in. Everything kind of you know once Flynn gets trapped, everything sort of just progresses the way it would naturally progress mm-hmm. at that point, and it's become this weird dystopia where Clue is again he's an embodiment of Flynn at his most obsessive and flawed as a person. Which is why this, I mean, this this movie has a lot of meaning behind it, I would say. But the my point is that you have to sort of, it's like asking where Neverland is, you know? it's it's You have to get past the logic of it as a computer oh, right, and but accept be- that this is just a world. Yeah, but I don't know. It's just... <laughs> Like I it's never, not the smartest movie. I never really understood movie. why anyone was doing anything. How is mm-hmm. how does Jeff Bridges have a roast pig inside this? I co- I wrote computer? that note too. Like, I'm not sure. How is he making? Uh, I don't food? know why they even need to eat. Why do the programs need to eat? Like what are they I'm drinking? Guessing, I'm guessing they don't. I'm guessing that they just do it because they've been programmed to do it. But somewhere along why would you ever program a program to do that? I don't know, man. Because Flynn took a lot of drugs. Yeah, he clearly did. Yeah. <laughs> no, Flynn's out of his mind. <laughs> yeah, for people who, I guess, haven't watched this, the, the idea is that it's, you know, it's however many years later from the first, uh, and Flynn is, he had a son, and then he he disappeared and his son has grown up and he's become very jaded and the company is being run by uh scarecrow uh, uh no Scare- no he's not running it oh right he's, he's just, just helping he's just one of their programmers yeah uh, he it's dillinger's son mm-hmm. played by cillian murphy in a bizarre cameo right he is uh, not credited <laughs> no, I, I maybe he's a Tron fan. This has one of my favorite cameos though in it, which is Daft Punk as the DJs, mm-hmm. uh, because only because they're just so Daft Punk about it. Right? They and they they change the music when the bad guys attack. Like they yes. look at each other and they're like, "Yeah, we need to mix this up." The movie specifically cuts to them looking at each other and changing the music. Yeah, uh, which I felt I found delightful. Uh, Michael Sheen also just just having having a great time yeah i uh, thought that whole interaction i thought was kind of pointless it was just that was kind of just to make the movie longer yes well a big <laughs> part of tron i think a big big part of tron is just look how cool this thing is that we made mm-hmm. yeah so like that entire scene like they could cut michael sheen out of the movie yes they could but it was very clear that someone was like i want to have this in the movie because it's cool mm-hmm. and they're like sure uh and that that's i think that's the ultimate truth about tron the first movie this movie is that it's nonsense yeah it's a tech demo of a movie yeah it's it's absolute nonsense 
the character Tron is baffling in this. He has a sudden change of heart for no uh, reason. For just, no for, reason. For, just because he looked at Flynn, who he's already yep. seen. Yep. Um, they just—they're like, we need this to happen, and then so he f- they just make it happen. He falls into the digital ocean, uh, and his lights change back from red to blue, and then we don't see him again. Well, they're setting up the sequel. <laughs> they're setting up like, oh shit, what's going to happen to Tron? We have to s- get another movie to find out. Yeah, that was weird that they took the time to show us that and just never come back to the character. Well, I uh, yeah, I I just interpreted that as a uh, that's that's where we're leaving him. It's just a it's open ended for Tron because he's not the main. He's not even an important character. Uh, even in the first one, he's not. The movie's just named after him. Yeah, it's yeah. We brought that up last episode. It's bizarre that the movie is named after mm-hmm. an extremely secondary character. It's kind of one of my favorite things about this series. Is the first movie I feel like was written by, I'm just guessing a person on drugs Mm -hmm. or like just again, a person who is like, we just need to get, we like, I I said in the first one, the reason the character is called Tron and the movie is called Tron is because they made a character for a, a separate tech demo. And they named him Tron because it was short for electronic. Mm-hmm. And that was the extent. And I think they named the movie Tron because they were like, well, what are we, else are we going to name it? Flynn? No, Tron. It's a cool name. <laughs> uh, it's all just cool stuff uh, with very little like meaning behind it. Yeah. In terms of the actual practical story. Yes, it's gibberish. Mm-hmm. It's also pretty much the same. As the first yes, movie. it's a it's a reboot. Yeah. It's like uh, it's they go through the same motions. He g- escapes from the games. Mm-hmm. They have to take the uh, the solar sail. They have to take the solar train. Yeah, ba- back to the pyramid uh, where yep. they where they, they just, fight the bad guy. It's just the same movie again. Mm-hmm. They up the stakes, uh, and it looks better. Yeah, but goddamn that. <laughs> that young jeff bridges man <laughs> this is the problem is that i think i think i uh, ex- i I had, I had set up this movie to you as a movie with some of the best visual effects and also known one, for some of the worst also one of the worst yes because in the in the behind the scenes they talk about the technology and it's very new uh and jeff bridges at one point he says like he looks at the camera while wearing all the dots and he's just like just you wait they're all be wearing this in a couple years it's like you're not wrong, Jeff Bridges. Yeah, uh, because they knew they were in the right direction, but it just it wasn't ready. Yeah, it looks like ass and balls. Like he looks yep. like he looks like a video game cutscene character. He looks horrifying. <laughs> he looks yeah. worse than video game. Like if you put him next to like The Last of Us, uh, the new one, mm-hmm. I think he'd look worse. It, it wouldn't look as realistic. Maybe I don't know. He it, it, he's so creepy. Yeah, it's real weird. When the first scene, which and this is this is the key flaw of this movie, you get used to him. You like, do, you yeah, could, you do. You, you could argue that Clue, when he's Clue, you could be like, well, it's you know, it's he's in a, the computer. He's a computer program, yeah, yeah. But the first scene, the the movie starts with what I think is one of the coolest opening credits, opening titles, mm-hmm. with that Daft Punk music of the city. Yeah. Uh, and the music kicks in at just the right time. Yeah. 
and it's so it's so satisfying and they zoom into Flynn's house and he's talking to his son and his back is turned and they treat it like a reveal because they wanted to be like look at this shit because again it's all about look how cool yes it is but when he turns around I thought the kid would scream <laughs> uh, <laughs> What what monstrosity has replaced my father? Dad, your face! He'd look in the mirror like, my, oh my god! Oh my god, oh, Dad, no. your face! What's happened to you? Tears his own Is it face a demon? Off. It's a demon! Yeah. <laughs> it's so, it's such a shame because everything else around Yeah, everything looks else looks really, really cool. Um, the other thing, and it, like, the sort of dumbness of Tron is on display two in additionally in the game scene because clue is wearing a helmet for no reason his the only reason he's wearing a helmet is so he can reveal himself to us because he he is the ruler of this place everybody knows who he is it's his game watching helmet yeah it doesn't make any sense why he's watching the games in a face covering helmet with a voice distorter and they, do, I know ex- and they do the same thing with Olivia Wilde. It's like, it, it's just so they can reveal that it's Olivia Wilde. Like- I know exactly why they did it for Clue. Uh, if you go back and watch, what happened with this movie uh, is that Disney wasn't, like the first Tron, Disney was like, I don't know. <laughs> I, like they got the script and they're like, uh, make us a test, test footage, uh, a test trailer. And they showed it at Comic-Con. And it got a huge reaction. Specifically, it's a it's the light bike scene. Or it's a light bike scene. And it's one guy in a helmet versus another guy in a helmet. One guy takes out another guy. He takes off his helmet. It's young Flynn. And that was huge. So they clearly wanted to do that again. But he's not on a bike. Yeah. So it doesn't make any sense. Yeah. My argument is it doesn't matter. Uh, <laughs> I mean, what, it, it I, kind of matters. I mean, not to me. It, it, uh, it prevents me from fully embracing these movies because it's just like everything is so sure. dumb and the story doesn't make any sense and I don't understand what the world is. <laughs> like, it makes to me enough sense. <laughs> um, because I think, all right, this is what. The charm of this movie is that the original Tron, again, like maybe written by a guy on drugs, and what's so fun is to watch them then now have to very seriously translate mm-hmm. that world into yeah. a new, like grittier version, and it's it's nonsense. Yes, uh, it is. Tron is. Uh, I think, I think it's actually more of an abstract film uh, than it lets on, and that's a big part of it. Is that like we talked about the first Tron Mm -hmm. um, having a lot of symbolism for like, uh, you know, uh, uh, corporate world and uh, conformity and just being a program and a cog in the machine. Uh, They do they do a lot of that in this. And I think it has another meaning. They do. They they uh, like. Some of the imagery and lines are mirrored, like the door when he hacks the door. Says something like, "Oh, that's a big door." He says the same thing. Uh, yeah, Jeff Bridges said in the first movie. When he goes into the server room, it looks like the room full of the cubicles. Um, and I think what they what this movie is more about is a. It's <clears> almost <throat> about boomers, uh, or it doesn't have to be specifically boomers. 
Um, that just happens to be the generation in that place right now. Uh, because I think it happens to everybody. It's the idea of being idealistic and young and starting something, thinking you're going to save the world and the world not getting saved and rejecting the idea that it should be given to a new generation. And Clue represents that worst, like it represents Flynn at his most ambitious and the idea that he's going to change the world. And then the, the what is there called? The ISOs? Mm-hmm. Uh, kind of represent like the new generation that came in that was like, no, these are the people who are going to save the world through a very, a more compassionate view and a more humble perspective uh, and like a childlike look and clue rejects it. Uh, and, and I, I like, it's the same with like NCOM, like the idea that it was supposed to be this, like, like it's, it's like the, it's Apple, you know? It's like Flynn's company that was supposed to be like, yeah, we're going to give things away for free and stuff like that. And then it just becomes another shitty corporation Mm -hmm. in the end. And I think that's what this movie is mainly about. I don't know. I think you're giving it a lot of credit because Clue is not old. Like Jeff Bridges is the the one who actually ages. And when he's he's the age of like the, the previous generation, he wants to give it to the next generation. Well, Clue is Clue is old. He just is doesn't look old. Well, he's only twenty years old. But also, Flynn uh, Flynn represents another side of it. I think because he's given up. He, he's the version where he's like, "There's no use." When his son shows up and wants to change things, he 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 pushes back, and he has to slowly like let his son take over and destroy himself like that's the whole like flynn is flynn is the height of that hubris of that feeling um jeff bridges is like the other side of the coin because they both represent the same character at two different points in their life i think the idea is if clue didn't go bad jeff bridges thinks about what he could have been because jeff bridges is he's he is like yeah, I don't know. I st- I still think it doesn't quite work because Clue is technically his son as well as as Sam is, and they're roughly the same age. Um, even though uh, Clue looks like middle aged Jeff Bridges, he's actually closer to Sam in age. Um, so I just, I don't know that that quite works. Oh, that is true because Clue was created around the same time Sam was. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, most likely after. Right. I still think, uh, I mean, maybe I'm putting too much on the generation side of it, Mm -hmm. but it is about like being, uh, having this great intention to want to fix the world and then having to face the fact that your way wasn't the right way. I think that's more true. Yeah. Yeah. Because that's what Flynn's going through. And he, yeah, when you, when we meet Flynn, uh, old Flynn, he is already have accepted that idea uh, that he he was wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, so like it's deep, man. Sure, yeah, Tron. Tron Legacy is way deep, bro. <laughs> Tron um, Legacy is way deep. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I like that he has. Oh, go on. Oh, whatever you were going to say is probably more interesting than I had. No, it's not. I just, I for the first time watching this, I noticed that on his shelf are the bits from the first Tron. Yeah, yep. Yeah, it's cute. He puts them up there, yeah. I liked some of the dumb jokes in it. Like what? 
like when he's talking, uh, Sam's talking to Cora, and she says, uh, "Like I've read all the philosophy books and stuff, but between you and me, Jules Verne is really my favorite." And he's like, "Oh, okay." And she's like, "Do you know Verne?" And he's like, "Yeah, sure." And she's like, "What is he like?" Yeah, <laughs> Olivia Wilde's killing it. Yeah, she's great. I think everybody's good, even that guy whose name I don't remember anymore. He's, uh, yeah, he's fine. He's fine. He's fine. Yeah, he's fine. Uh, I I um. I really like Jeff Bridges' performance because we talked about this when we were doing the podcast about the old guard, which is that they're characters who are supposed to be thousands of years old and they just talk like people. In this, Flynn is um, a man who has been trapped in a computer since the 80s yeah. and he talks like he's from the 80s. He does, yeah. I really appreciated that. It's hard to tell because it it's also just Jeff Bridges. Right, it's very dude-like. <laughs> Yeah, so like when Jeff, like when he's in his weird Zen uh, uh, house, it's just like, well, this is just how I imagine Jeff yeah. Bridges living. This is just probably what Jeff Bridges does when yeah. he's not working. But he says stuff like "radical man," and mm-hmm. yeah, you're harsh in my Zen or whatever. Yep, he does um, say that. Yeah, yeah, and I get, I th- I think part of him it represents like kind of the laid back boomer. Who's like, eh, everything sucks, man. Like, I, I do think there's something to be said about the fact that he gets trapped in the 80s. And now these are characters from the 80s interacting with characters who are from now. Now being 10 years ago yeah. at this point. Uh, I like there. I think there's there. It feels like there's something there. Like for example, when um when Sam Flynn's son starts telling him about the world, he starts by talking about climate change, and like the way the world is falling apart. Yeah. And so I think I think maybe again it's not a generation thing as much as it is that Sam starts in an apathetic state as well. He he's like, what's the use? You know, he's just doing sweet, uh, extreme sports. Oh, I wanted to talk about that because that is the most dedicated security guard I've ever right? seen. Right? He climbs up on a crane after him. It's like, dude. Even the main character says something to him like, whoa, whoa. <laughs> like, what you, like, be careful. Like, it's, it's just like, yeah, who the fuck would ever do that? Yeah, they must be paying him a lot. Yep. He then skydives off the building and lands on the uh, most dedicated taxi driver ever, who just continues to drive with him on it. And, 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 is, try- like, and is trying to kill him. Like, he doesn't pull over. Yeah. Like, he's swerving all over the road trying to throw this human being off of the top of his car. <laughs> he immediately. It's two of the most bizarre characters. Yeah, it's it's a real... This, this movie, <laughs> it's a hell of an opening. <laughs> it really is. I get it though. I get what they were trying to do is they because I think they did they did a pretty good job at bringing a character into a world who's kind of a fish out of water who's not like when he plays the 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 the, the death froth uh he's he can't get a handle on it. Uh he's not doing great. And then he, the light bikes he's like, "Oh, well this is something I can do." Because they they give him enough where they're like, "We have to establish him as being capable." And and not like uh, immediately being able to fight and stuff. So it's still like it, it, it's still a stretch. Like he starts like fighting people later, and it's like I I don't know about that. Right. Yeah. But they they clearly were worried about that, and they included it in the most ham-fisted way. Right. Yeah. He does a he does a prank, and then skydives off the tower. Right. I'm like, all right. You could argue that the original Tron 
I don't know if it's better or worse. They just immediately know how to play the games. And I think because well, he designed the art, them. Right, but like that doesn't translate into how to throw a frisbee, you know? No. It does not. Uh, but it works in the dumb like cheesy way where they're like, "Yeah, these are our games." Yeah. It's hard to defend this movie <laughs> because it is extremely dumb. Yeah, it's just really dumb. I but mean, it's, I it's think not it's beautiful. It's not hurting anybody. <laughs> no, it's not hurting anybody and it is delighting me. I like that you don't see the sun until the very end. They make a they make a like every scene uh not in Tr- Tronville mm-hmm. is, is uh, Tronland is either night or cloudy because the sun is like a reveal because that's a thing is that you know all the light comes from the objects i was watching the behind the scenes on on the sets and the production design and like again this guy's an architect so much like oblivion they built a lot of this stuff Mm -hmm. uh they probably didn't have to but they wanted a lot of practical sets um they had to like you know create these special outfits that they that they thought about because they're like these are digitally created outfits they can't have zippers or seams or to seem like they were constructed mm-hmm. uh and they have special lights on them and stuff like that which i thought was kind of neat uh it's it's i don't know it's a very cool world it looks very cool it's uh, I I love the look I yeah. love the look yeah but I, I think this can't... is one of the most beautiful films like made in the last decade yeah probably it's uh, it's very cool it's very distinct it's just I can't I can't get immersed in the world it's not like watching like Lord of the Rings or something for me oh yeah I was like yeah I mean this looks this looks real cool but like man this is just dumb <laughs> like all, all of this is dumb <laughs> I I don't know it. it I think it's just because it's tied to a real world. Like besides the fact that this is not how computers work, mm-hmm. taking that away, how's the internal logic? I would say the the Tron character. It's a big problem. Is that turn? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that doesn't make Little any sense. Little things like Clue's helmet is dumb. <laughs> this movie by the way when they were making it they consulted like scientists there's footage of like a group of real nerds About just sitting what? around discussing <laughs> the science of tron sure it's very funny um i would have liked to have known i think the internal logic is mostly fine um otherwise it would have been a real problem for me yeah, I would have liked to have known more about the ISOs. They just give us a very, uh, a very jargony description of what they are, and then just move on. Yes, that was what like, and that's why I suspect when they when they talk to uh, scientists about it, like it's the con- consultation where they're like, just give us words that we can mash together, mm-hmm. and that's sort of what, how they explain the ISOs. It's sort of like life spontaneously coming into existence in like the primordial ooze or whatever only the equivalent is like what if life could what if some type of life could spontaneously come into existence digitally right in it's a, a digital big, landscape i feel like we never quite explain the plot not that we need to but uh that's the conflict is that flynn like accidentally creates life uh he doesn't even cr- take credit no, like life he creates just, itself right he just he created the the world yeah 
like the system and then the, the life, the ISOs, which are this new life form, just came into being uh, within that world. And right. Clue exterminates almost all of them, except for Olivia Wilde. He thinks they're imperfect. Yeah. Jeff Bridges creates Clue and says, we're going to build the perfect system together. Uh, and and then basically the what happens is the ISOs are the, the answer. Jeff Bridges didn't have to create them. But Clue identifies them as imperfect because it's he doesn't understand. Uh, it's this is the I think the vaguest part is why why it's easy to just think that Flynn is just on drugs because he go he promises like when they set him up before he disappears he says like he's gonna change everything uh, like like including religion with his discovery yeah. I'm not sure what he thinks that means. I don't because know. Because the ISOs, does he know about the ISOs at that point? Is that the idea? I believe so, yeah. Well, then, yeah. Like, if the idea that he created life in a computer that is is not just more than, you know, artificial intelligence, mm-hmm. I think that's what, okay, I think that's what the ISOs are. They're the singularity, right? Uh, like they're, yes. Yeah. And in this version, they don't want to nuke us all. They're actually good. And and uh, there's there's kind of a message there, which is the idea that the villain in this is man-made, while the while the actual like the things that need to be saved are the machines who become self-aware, who are birthed purely from our technology. Mm-hmm. That's kind of a cool message. Yeah. So okay, that 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 checks out, and then the I, uh, I guess that alone is that makes me understand them more. I feel like the movie doesn't explain it as well as us talking about it. No, it really doesn't. It it breezes kind of right past it. Yeah, because I I had that question too, which I was like, what the hell are the ISOs gonna do? Uh, what like what? How are they gonna change the world? And I think what it is is that their mere existence is what changes the world. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I'm not sure why. Uh, so spoilers for Tron Legacy. At the end, Flynn uh, seemingly sacrifices himself by by merging with his younger young yeah, version, reintegrating of with, Clue. with Clue. Yeah, yeah. And so Clue, he he has to protect his real son from this this artificial son. His son and Olivia Wilde, the ISO, uh, they go to the real world. Mm-hmm. And uh, then they they drive off. He says he's he's bringing he's gonna take back over Encom. Mm-hmm. And he talks to Alan, who's throughout this. Yeah. Um, well, in the beginning, and the end. Yeah. Well, he's in the he's a young Alan. You can see him. He did the voice of yeah Tron. briefly. And Tr- Tron only says a couple of things though. Um. And so I guess presumably he's gonna show the board Olivia Wilde and be like, look. And they're gonna be like, it's like a, it's like a raver chick. Like, <laughs> it's the, it's the secret to everything. Yeah. Um. Look, I don't want to murder her, but I do want to dissect her. Right. At that point. Like, yeah. <laughs> because also, she's just she's made of code, right? So it's like, man, well, this is. <laughs> I don't know what this is. I wrote a cracked article about this, which is that. I think the thing that's going to change the world that they completely ignore is I think he just invented replicators like Star Trek replicators where you tell a computer create this thing 
you fire a laser and that physical thing exists. Mm-hmm. Like if she's just flesh and blood, then he just created a person. He did. Yeah, and that's going to be tough for her. She has a social security number. <laughs> right. Uh, you kind of need one now. But like, uh, that's amazing. <laughs> uh, so like, sh- but she's not the proof of that. Mm-mm. It's the that fucking la- the it's laser. That, which it's that goddamn laser. <laughs> yeah, that Encom's had since the eighties. That can zap you into a computer. Yeah, like in the first movie, it's like, oh, that's a teleporter. It can zap you into a computer and then spit you out, presumably somewhere else. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then in this one, they invent replicators, and n- neither time is that the thing they're talking about. Yeah. It's very funny. Yeah. Like, the la- he just leaves the laser in the basement. He does, yeah. It's, it's, it's very Doc Ock's arms. <laughs> yeah. He's like, ah, I created this AI. By Whatever, the way, I created these, uh, these AI-controlled arms that could yeah. literally change the world for uh, disabled people. Right. And then there's like an implied romance between them. I appreciate the movie for not very lightly doing that. Because they, they sort of hint that a romance could happen. Right. Um, which I think the moment she meets other guys, she'll be like, oh, oh okay. Like, mm. you're, you're cool, man. You're cool. But I didn't realize. I didn't realize there were other dudes. I have options. Right. Yeah. yeah. She, she hasn't met Jason Sudeikis yet. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> oh. It's weird. Uh, do you think, uh, I, lo- I really like her as a director. Mm-hmm. Um, do you think she's a better director than actress? I, I, I don't know. She's a lot of fun in this. And she's, yeah, that's she's the, good in other stuff. That's the thing. And like. I mean, she can do both, so I don't know yeah, why sure. I'm worried. I don't, yeah, I don't know. But like, it, this movie always reminded me, like, I want her in movies more. Mm-hmm. Um, she was great in House. I mean, as great as people in House can be. That's true. She yeah. was as as good as yeah. you can be in House. Yeah, with the, with what they're giving you, mm-hmm. she took it and she did good. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, it feels like she's she was in what Lazarus Effect. Yeah, Lazarus or Effect. Whatever. She was in that that fucking Richard Jewell movie. <laughs> oh yeah. Did oh, you see man. the Lazarus Lazarus I have not. Effect? I have not. It has an amazing cast for a movie that is very very average. Donald Glover is in there too. Oh wow. Yeah, and it's like it's fine. It's like a horror movie, you know? Mm-hmm. It's like a real horror movie, like a real middle of the road horror movie. Um, it's no Tron Legacy, is what I'm saying. It certainly is not a, a Tron Legacy. Mm-hmm. Um, man, yeah, I, I don't, I we're, I think I, I said this at some point is that we're not really at an impasse. Um, I don't expect people to like this movie as much as I do. I think the only other person who lights up when I mention it, seems to be Abe. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Abe's really into, really into yeah. some Tron legacy. And I want to hear what he gets out of it at some point. Cause I mean, it's a it's, very, it's a very well-crafted movie. I did, I did a one-upsman, not one-upsmanship, a frame rate about a movie called Fantastic Planet. It's a, like a, it's almost a little over an hour. It's a cartoon. It's very abstract, but it's not surreal. Like it, it makes sense, but 
it's also a movie that you could pick apart because a lot of things are exist just to look a certain way. Or like Eon Flux comes to mind as a... I'd say Eon Flux has, has more substance that people give it credit for, but it's also just like... It's batshit crazy, and it's more about like getting really high and watching it. And I think I have to put Tron Legacy like on that same shelf of mm-hmm. like movies that are visually really fun, uh, but you could never they never can pass a certain level where like this movie like this movie doesn't. Sp- you know, it doesn't speak to me in a very profound way or anything. Sure. Uh, like you compared it to Lord of the Rings, you know, like Lord of the Rings means way more uh, as a film. Obviously. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 That's, that's a hard comparison. I also but... like the one thing that really weirded me out was sure. um, in, in Sam's bedroom in the beginning of the movie, he has a Tron movie poster. Well, I think it's supposed to be a poster for the game. And he also has a black hole movie poster. Yes. I don't, I, I cannot explain the black <laughs> hole movie poster. There's all right. The implications I think are either that, cause there's action figures too. And the idea yeah. is that Flynn clearly like left the Tron world and established. Tr- yeah. M- Tron as a, as a brand. Yeah. Yeah. Because they talk about it at the beginning, like NCOM's kind of, but why would, I don't know he, what why to compare would he them to. call the game Tron? <laughs> Yeah. Like, I mean, I know I, well, I, I know why the black hole poster is in the kid's bedroom. It's because this director, uh, Kaczynski, was at one point attached to do a remake of the black oh, hole no for shit. Disney. Yeah. Um, I, I don't know if that's still happening or not, but... Yeah. Well, okay. In the first movie, the games aren't called... There's no game called Tron, right? Mm-mm. Mm-mm. In, the, in that first movie, Tron is a bigger character? Uh, Yes. He helps Flynn. He's still a secondary character, but yeah. Yes, but to Flynn, he's the main character of Flynn's experience there. Mm -hmm. So when he comes out of it, he's not going to name it The Adventures of Flynn because that's that's not his style. I think he might. (laughs) (laughs) He might, but I think he heard the word, the name Tron, and he was like, that's a cool name. And I think he named it Tron... In this universe, the same reason why they named it Tron in our universe, which is that what the hell else are you going to name it? That's the coolest word associated with any of this. Mm -hmm. It's a hell of a coincidence that Flynn also, I mean, it's not a coincidence because the writers get to decide, but it, it, I, I assume that was, that was what I assumed about As he came out of it, he kept developing the games because he ran NCOM and he created like the main character was named Tron and then it became like the Tron series and the Tron this and that. Sure. It explains, I know why they included that in because um, it explains why his son kind of knows what to do pretty quickly mm-hmm. in a lot of situations because it's all just the shit that he knew as a kid. Yeah. That's and true. And they, they have him say it a few times where he's like, I have you as on my shelf. Uh, where like he like I thought like when he goes into the light beam like how do you know how to hold up the disc like that it's like oh right it was on the poster on his wall yeah like okay it's definitely like 
weird, but I, I get why they did that. Yeah, anyway. it was. It, I think that what made it more bizarre for me is that it was like right next to the black hole poster, which was also an early 80s science fiction movie by Disney that right. bombed. <laughs> so it's like, wait a minute, what are we doing here? There's definitely some meta stuff, I think. Yeah. Is, is like, I know, uh, again, in the behind the scenes, one of the explanations that I thought was really fun when like in the f- like in the flashbacks at least wouldn't you assume and then i i would have loved for them to do this that all the graphics are like the old movie right they yeah <laughs> the way they explain it behind the scenes they're like well the way computer animate like why is there rain now you know like there's rain in in the movie mm-hmm. and they explained it like yeah it's the simulation slowly getting better uh, the way video games get better or the way CGI gets better, it also got better with mm-hmm. time. Sure. It slowly got better, so it looks better. And it's like, yeah, sure. Sure, man. <laughs> like, I, I mean, the real answer is we would never make it look like the old movie. That would be dumb. Yeah. But sure. <laughs> sure. But if, if, we're, if we're accepting that this computer can spontaneously create life, then I guess we have to accept that it can also make itself look better. Yeah, that the graphics got better from the 80s. I, I would have, though, fucking loved for them to have done the old, like, the shitty outfits and stuff Yeah, for the flashbacks. That would have been amazing. Yeah, that would have been really funny. Yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a shame. Also, I like to imagine that the Daft Punk in, in the Tron world is just who Daft Punk is in that universe. Yeah. Um, like, they I don't think, have Daft Punk. Yeah. I think they're just, they're, they're like wandering spirits. Mm-hmm. They they migrate from dimension to dimension. They go where they're needed, and they're always Daft Punk. They're always just those two dudes in helmets. <laughs> How often are there composer cameos in movies? I don't know. That's a good question. Yeah, because I definitely want to mention the soundtrack, and I think this is why the soundtrack is really be, cool. Yeah, this might be why Abe also has a fondness for this movie. Is that I I write to the soundtrack constantly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a good soundtrack. It's such a good soundtrack. Mm-hmm. That Daft Punk. Yeah, man, they're they, like, they, they're fucking awesome. Yeah. Weirdly, this um, this one, the only Oscar this was nominated for was sound editing. It that's did, fucking weird. It didn't get visual effects. It didn't get score. I get it, it's it, the visual effects are the biggest tragedy because I get why because the. All the things that people are think when 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 you mention Tron Legacy visual effects, one image pops out for most people, and that's Jeff Bridges' ghoul ass face. Yes, his terrifying face, his hideous goblin mug. Yeah, there's also a few other. You know, they had a body double. Mm-hmm. So what they would do is that they would um, have Jeff Bridges perform with like the Thanos makeup. You know, the the mocap mm-hmm. stuff. Yeah. Uh, then they'd have the body double performance, say the lines, and then they'd put the head on the body double. And I get it because Jeff Bridges, you know, he's he's older. He might not look the same. Uh, but I think there were points where the head felt like it didn't match up. Like, yes, that felt like a problem, too. Like it, the head was almost floaty in a couple of parts. It, yeah, especially the part I noticed it the most is when he's delivering his speech to his army. Yes. Uh, he doesn't look right. He doesn't look right, folks. He doesn't. He's he's fine in most of other scenes. Um, yeah. At, like, or at least you get used to him. Yeah. Um, but that's like the real problem. Right. And it, it, it really is such a shame because 
if you took him that visual effect out of the movie, there, it would be like, of course, it would get nominated. If well, people would remember this as having some of the best visual effects, it's not challenging effects. Like I maybe that's why actually because it's not hard to make the rest of these effects. Uh, they don't have to look like the real world. They have to look photorealistic, but like it's all metallics and glasses, you know. Uh, it's all smooth surfaces. Mm-hmm. It's more like the production design. The art direction is amazing. You s- and it didn't get nominated for that shit. Mm-mm. That's that's the shame. I think. Yeah. Yeah, uh, the production design, really. Yeah, it's incredible. Mm-hmm. And have you have you seen Oblivion? I have not. I need to watch it now. Yeah, he's. He, I really like this director. Yeah, um, no, I'm. I'm definitely. Like you said, he built a lot of stuff. Uh, they did a lot of practical stuff that you wouldn't expect. He's doing the same thing with Top Gun. I really want to see his Top Gun movie. Yeah, or a lot of he's it's very practical. He's very big on that. Um, the interviews with like the production designers and stuff, and this actually sounds like it might have been a pain in the ass for them. They're like, well, I've never worked with a director that spent so much time talking to me about this stuff. Where like he clearly, since he's an architect, he bothered probably the art director and production designer more than a regular <laughs> director would. Probably, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and Oblivion is very similar, is that the movie takes place on this like... It's like it's like a Jetsons house. Like it's like a thing in the sky. Uh, and it's all just one set and they did a wraparound screen mm-hmm. instead of a green screen. So like it looked like the sky was around them. And like, yeah, when you see it, you're like, yeah, this is clearly someone who pays attention to that i lo- i love this director and he he's i'm very excited for top gun yeah for no i definitely i need to watch oblivion it's apparently a graphic novel that he wrote really oh it's um i mean uh, without spoiling it it's it's fun it's it's i thought it was a lot of fun i think i might watch it again soon because mm-hmm. it's been a little bit sure um yeah and uh, i i don't know if, if people haven't watched Tron Legacy, I, I encourage them to, uh, especially if they, you know, like doing drugs. I agree that it is t- it is too long, but also I wouldn't cut out Michael Sheen because, he, like, when they do the fight sequence and they just keep cutting to him, him dancing, dancing, it's pretty great. Yeah, <laughs> he's he's having a great time. Yeah, he really he truly is. Every, he's every really t- Michael Sheen. Every, yeah, he's, he is Michael Sheening the shit out of this. Every time he pops up and does like a fucking weird ass character role, I'm so delighted. Yeah, yeah. You get you gotta you gotta watch all the Twilights. Yeah, I gotta, I gotta I gotta I uh, gotta hack my way through the Twilights. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Gotta get that Michael Sheen. Just bludgeon my way through those Twilight movies. Yeah. <laughs> Real fucking chore. It's weird to put up like his character in this with like Apostle. Where it's like Jesus Christ, <laughs> like the he can mm-hmm. he, he really has range. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's lovely. <clears throat> so yeah, I don't know. I I I think you reaction is perfectly fair. Sure. Would you? Okay. Uh, so so I started this with this question, mm-hmm. and we've asked this question a lot. So first of all, w- do you think this is a necessary sequel for the duology? Um, I think Tron is one of those movies where you could give it a sequel every few decades as technology gets better. Yes. Um, 
I agree with that because it's hinged on technology for visual effects. Right, exactly. And it's sort of that's sort of really the reason it's a a famous franchise. Um it's just because of that. Um so yeah, I don't I don't know if I would call it necessary, but um because the the first movie ends pretty finally. Um Right. But this was at least an interesting iteration of it and it's just it's again it's just a real it's a real tech demo of like some pretty pretty good filmmaking like it's it's a very well crafted film and it looks um so yeah i think i think we could get another sequel maybe five or ten years yeah like yeah maybe even like a vr thing or i don't know um do you think it's better than the original um i i hmm i think i I think this one held my attention better. Um, but there's things about the, uh, obviously there's iconic things from the first film. And I think the visuals in that were a little more interesting, to be honest. Okay. Um, because this movie looks incredible, but it's really just, uh, you know, a further development of the kind of visual effects we're all completely used to at this point. Um, it's an interesting question. Mm-hmm. I, I went hard on this is the better one, Tron Legacy. Yeah. And it's kind of because of what you just said is that each one is just like this is essentially a remake mm-hmm. and each Tron can exist to up just be an update yeah, exactly. on the visuals of the time. Mm-hmm. And by that definition, they're always going to be better. Uh, the the original Tron, there's nothing special about the story. It's the least memorable part of that movie. Yes, exactly. Same with this one. Uh, like we said in the in the previous episode, it the the plot quite literally boils down to Jeff Bridges needs to print a document. Yep. Um, yeah. That's it. <laughs> but yeah, that I, is I, the entirety of the first one. Yeah, I'd like to see something um, the next time they do this. That's more than just well, we have even better digital effects now because like there's not much digital effects in the first movie. Like we, we went over, it's mostly a animation. I'd like them to get, and I have nothing against these writers. Like I said, I like this movie Mm -hmm. and I like the first one, but uh, the complaint is always the same and I can't pretend like it's not valid, uh, which is the story. And so I'd like them to use the exact same director for the sequel. Mm -hmm. If there's a sequel and get better writers. Yeah. Uh, make it more f- like it. Like there is some cute comedy in this, mm-hmm. but like they need to get they need to get writers who can put together a, a slightly more compelling story. Yes. I think the uh, issue is always going to be that it's built on a foundation of nonsense. Yeah. <laughs> it, it is, and a, they it, need to address it's, that. Its bedrock is gibberish. Right. <laughs> in fairness. I would argue that a lot of superhero films are too, but again, they have this internal logic that's good good enough. The problem with this is it always starts with the real world. Uh, it's our world, and then in our computers is this. So if they can figure out a way to explain why this is happening and has been happening... If they go more in the direction of like creating systems as uh, digital Petri dishes, 
Yes. rather than actual computers that are meant to like run stuff i think that's the better direction to go in because then we can we can do away with the whole idea of these people are actually programs isn't that why right. like it's no they're just they, uh, well, they should introduce someone who's literally like we've been studying this the first ncon computer was an anomaly since then we've been trying like someone who isn't flynn also have been and they explain like this was an anomaly in this computer and we're trying to or or it would have been great if flynn explained this mm-hmm. but you know what i mean like this was something special that happened because this program or this or quite frankly i will accept the computer is haunted sure throw if some, they were like throw some ghosts in there i don't give a fuck yeah if they were just like <laughs> it's haunted i'd be like okay you've answered a lot of my questions surprisingly Putting my hand down. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> Onto computer. Onto computer. Okay. Is it a great answer? No. But it's an answer. It's an answer at least. Yeah. I'll accept an answer. Yeah. Literally anything. <laughs> yeah. Just, just, just pull it right out of your yeah, ass. Give me something. <laughs> oh. Any final thoughts on Tron Legacy? Nope. I'm glad I watched it finally. Yeah. I'm glad you watched it finally too. Yeah, I bet you are. I can hear the joy I'm in your ex- voice. I can hear. I can. Yeah. I can hear the twinkle in your eye. This is one of the best days of my <laughs> life. Entire, the entire time we've been discussing this. I love this movie. <laughs> <laughs> I can't wait to watch it again. <laughs> oh, Tron! Um, Fucking Tron! Hey, everybody! Thanks! Thanks for uh, listening. Yeah, thank you. Thanks for uh, for. For 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 peeping with your earballs, I guess. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know what the hell I'm saying. I'm gonna go knock on the sky and see what it sounds like. Ah, uh, that's such a Jeff Bridges. That's line. Such a Jeff Bridges thing to say. <laughs> yeah, it's perfect. They 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 were like because they had the advantage of knowing who that actor was gonna be. Mm-hmm. So when they wrote it, they were probably like, "Well, we need him to be like you know Jeff Bridges." He's gotta be like, very I would, Jeff Bridges. Yeah, I would argue that it's he's actually not that much like his character in the first movie because he's too Jeff Bridges in this. Right. One. Yeah. Um, but it works for someone who's been trapped. You know, it's that character having been trapped for a while. So it's like okay. Mm-hmm. He found weird. He found weird, like God stuff. Yeah. Uh, a- a- any, anywho, check check out uh, check out our Patreon. Yeah, that's how and that's how this uh, series was created. It was. Um, it's it's Nolan Matten, right? Uh, well, thank you. I should probably say what our Patreon is now that we've so perfectly plugged it. Uh, Patreon.com slash gamefully unemployed. We have exclusive podcasts there like Tom and Jeff watch Batman and Fox Mulder is a maniac. Woo. Um, we also have a store at tpublic.com slash stores slash gamefully unemployed. We have t-shirts, stickers, mugs, masks, uh, check it out or not. I don't care. I don't care what you do. Right. It's, uh, you know, it's your life. Yeah. Do what you want with it's it. Entirely you know? up to you, man. I don't know. Yeah. 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 You're, you're in, you're in, you're in charge is the point. We have we have one more we have one more month of this. Mm, what's it going to be? I don't know. Should we let people vote, or should we do what we're what we're gonna do? We're good. We're let's do what we're gonna do, which is just decide ourselves. Yes, and then they can live with it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I like that. Yeah, that's that's my favorite way to do things. Yes. Yeah. yeah, you're gonna uh, you're just gonna take it. Mm-hmm. Just take what we give you. Yeah, we're gonna clue our way through this. Mm. 
Oh, man. All right. I think that's enough. I think we've talked for long enough. Okay. But bye. Bye. Duology Theater is brought to you by Gamefully Unemployed. Check out our cool shit at patreon.com slash gamefully unemployed.